Alright. Let me get closer. Nothing to be nervous about. Okay. Right. <laughs> the camera's rolling, so it's on you. Cool. Whenever you're ready. What's up? I am Drea, aka Lexi. How did you know to start with the name? I don't know. Alright, here we go. All right, we got... <laughs> so back to the name. <laughs> we start I got my coffee ready, charged up. <laughs> I am an aspiring recording artist. Mm. Um, my style is R&B, trap soul, all that good stuff. Where are you from? Hold on, we got I am from the 916, Sacramento, born and raised. Mm. Um, yeah, and I'm here to talk about me. <laughs> okay, well, that's Sacramento, uh, born and raised. Let's talk about it, because Sacramento is popping right now. It really is. So, yes. What is yeah. that looking like for you? It's, you know what? It's It's been very interesting, um... Because I've been singing here in Sacramento my whole life in church. Mm -hmm. And so I've, I've kind of had like a, a, I don't want to call it a fan base, but I kind of had like a, a group of people who already knew like, okay, she sings. So we're going to automatically want to listen to what she has going on. Um, but being in church all the time, uh, it was definitely like a shock for my music to be so left from, <laughs> from what you hear in church. So that was... Um, that's definitely been interesting to hear and see people's um, reaction to my music. Right. Um, but I, it's been good so far. Like, I literally just put out my mixtape a couple months ago. I've already been doing shows. What's the mixtape? Yeah, mixtape is, yeah, Don't Sleep On Me, Volume 1. It's on SoundCloud. So um, what I did was I used all original songs from, like, some of my favorite artists. Um, just because, like I said, I'm coming out of the church house. Right. So I wanted to use songs that people were kind of familiar with already, but just hear like, oh, she can really sing or she's really creative with, you know, the lyrics and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, that, the, the mixtape has definitely been uh, a wave I'm trying to ride because I like how people, um, I like the shock value that it brings. I like when right. people hear it and they look at me like, and they're like, that came out from you? Like, what's right. going on? So I like to think I have an innocent face. So... <laughs> <laughs> and then just again like just being you know coming from such a conservative background you know um people are really shocked when they hear my music like and then you know i'm a bbw so i'm putting on for the bbws and that's very different a lot of people are not used to um seeing women who look like me talk about the stuff that i talk about or do the stuff that I do. I just put out a, my first music video, and it's very, like, very, very sexual, very sexy. Mm -hmm. And it's like, people are like, oh, but this is really good, you know? But they're, yeah. like I said, no one looks like me. No one's doing anything for the big girls. Like, it's all behind the scenes. No one's, like, just pushing us out there, especially in the music industry. There's, like, this one type of look that you see when you when you see artists female artists so i'm trying to just like shake things up a little bit and um and then being from sacramento you definitely don't see that in sacramento at all so i'm excited <laughs> so you said trap r&b trap soul, soul is what i call it soul. trap soul so yeah coming from the church how'd you get into that type um of well you know church kids always sneak and listen to music they're not supposed to listen to <laughs> Right. So that's how it started. Um, even like, you know, being a teenager and stuff, listening to rap music is um, rap is definitely a huge influence on my music, like not just R&B, but um, rap. And so um, 
it's a wave right now you know it's out the mumble rap the trap beats like all of that is just kind of in and i want to stay with the end times for sure right um but i'm a singer i'm not a rapper so mm. i can't you know conform to being a rapper just to please the masses like i have to i had to figure out a way to stay in with the times but also bring drea to it right. so that's how the trap soul kind of like came about i'm a huge fan of bryson tiller and that's he's like the first person mm. i heard that kind of like you know, um, coined that term. Right. So, um, so I just kind of ran with it. And even my style is not the same as his, but I feel like the genre itself is similar um, to, you know, where he's at. And there's a lot of other artists who put out songs that would be considered trap soul. Right. So, you know, I don't think that's like a legit genre, but I'm going to make it one. <laughs> 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 because if I had to describe my music, that's the best way to describe it. Not just the beats, because I don't always use trap beats. Right. But it's more just about the whole vibe. And like I said, the message is, you know, um, it's, 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 well, it's not trap, but... You know, it's 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 about having a good time. It's about enjoying yourself and being happy and and um so yeah, but it's soulful too. Like I'm really singing, so <laughs> So you're not afraid to express yourself. No, I've to and, the masses. and that's never been a problem for me, even growing up. I've mm. always been the outgoing one. I've always been the one who was like gonna whatever it was, I was always gonna be the first one to do it. Right. Like always the first one to raise my hand and volunteer for stuff. So, you know, it, that part, that confidence part was not hard to, to go from church to, you know, putting out R&B music. But um, it was it was nerve wracking at first because, you know, you, you come from such a conservative background and I myself am not conservative. But and I don't think I've ever been. But the background, you know, where I come from, my family and, you know, church people, you know, right. I, I didn't want to, like, come off so raunchy or so like trap <laughs> that they're like whoa what's going on and you know you have a few people that are like um you're cussing too much or you're talking about sex too much or mm. whatever the case is you get those but but they listened to the whole song before yeah. they said that and when so. you say about sex uh -huh. is it trina Ish or like Jill Scott ish? It's like in between. Like mm. literally like the two of them sat in a room and talked and Trina was like, girl, you need to get more raunchy. And Jill Scott was like, bitch, you need to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what it is. It's like a mixture of the two of them. Um, and I think the Jill Scott part, she's definitely somebody who inspires me, obviously, from the look right. to the sound. Um, and I love her creativeness when she talks about sex and, and love. It's very creative. It's very melodic and just like, you know, I like that. But I do all, Trina also is, I'm glad you brought her up because she also is a huge, um, I'm very inspired by her as well because she gives it to you raw and it's raunchy. And so, yeah, I really think it's like a middle ground between the two of those beautiful ladies. So Absolutely. growing up, were you allowed to listen to the Trinas? I don't want to buzz my mom out, but no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely was. Um, mm. And I don't think it was more like, I like when she was around, I definitely had to sneak, you know, to listen to it, especially like the unedited versions of it. Right. So um, I don't know if I was allowed, but I wasn't disallowed. You know, like my mom, she listened to a lot of like Tupac and Biggie when I was growing up. 
um, until like we would pull up to the church house that she would turn on Kirk Franklin or whatever. <laughs> so I've definitely learned how to like balance from her, you know, and just it's more of a respect thing I feel like over anything because music you you express yourself whether it's gospel, whether it's rap, whether it's R and B, rock, you know, country. Like you express yourself. That's what the music's all about. So um, so I was like, yeah, you know, I tried to. I tried to be cool about it. I tried to play like the edited versions when she was around, but when right. she wasn't around or whatever was on my iPod was definitely the explicit version. And I listened to a lot of, um, a lot of Trina. Yeah. Jill Scott. Well, my mom was actually a, a, or is a big fan of Jill Scott. So I was able to listen to her a lot. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, I, I snuck some stuff in there more rap stuff. I was, I was sneaking in cause she definitely was not, feeling the rap music like at all so <laughs> did it influence your life at all like your lifestyle outside of listening to the music because some people of course of i'm not in church anymore right. so <laughs> the music did something <laughs> but um i think you know and people say this is like probably a cliche saying but music like you know it gets you through all your moods like it's 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 timeless you know and right. so there was definitely times um in my life when like R&B music or rap music was just it fit it made sense to listen to or to pop in a Keisha Cole album or you know what I'm saying like right. listen to um there's all kinds of different artists like you know I there's times when I listen to Kodak Black actually on my mixtape I have a song that's um, the song Rolling Peace, I redid that song. Right. And so, like, I've just been so influenced by music altogether because it's just, you never know what you're going to get. Like, you never know the feeling that it's going to give you. Right. And so, yeah, I've definitely, um, I've definitely used music to help me get through and it's definitely um, shaped me as a person um, because, you know, when you're in the church and I don't want to keep talking about the church because I, I still love <laughs> my church myself. people. <laughs> I still love my church folks, but when you listen to, and I think just any one genre, not just gospel music, but when you when you confine yourself to one genre, it really like it. You're you're not creative. You can't be creative. Like right. like I said, you know, music you can express yourself through all type of genres. So to just listen to gospel music was not. It wasn't doing anything for me, um, like creatively. Like I wasn't. I didn't feel like. You know, I could do anything with it. And, right. you know, I, I've, I've written gospel songs and stuff like that before. And they're good, but I wasn't able to express myself the way I wanted to. And even, you know, music that I'm writing now, I talk about God. I talk about religion and stuff, too. But it's more of my personal experience than it is what the Bible says or what your pastor says every day and all that good stuff. So it's 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 all been influential to not just my music, but my life, you know, in general. So... Yeah. With, yeah. with music being mm -hmm. a part of your life, how did your mom respond to you doing music? She, I mean, did you have dreams prior to music? Oh, I've or? always wanted to, like, be a singer. I battled, I want to say, for maybe five years if I should be a secular artist or a gospel artist. Mm. So I dealt with that for a very long time to the point where I was not even, like, writing. I wasn't, like, I didn't consider myself a writer. I didn't, I was just so torn between, you know doing what I, I was supposed to do right. and what I wanted to do. And so um, for a long time, it was just like I was working nine to fives and, you know, just doing the regular person thing and being a mom, you know, just, just doing it regular. Right. Um, and 
<clears throat> I can't really tell you exactly what made me want to just like write this mixtape and just go forward and say, okay, I'm going to be all in. Right. But when I did, like my mom was definitely my hugest, hugest, hugest fan. Like she was like, finally you you're like you're tapping into you know your gift in the way that you want to right. and i'm sure in the back of her head she wants me to do gospel but you know i've uh, i've outgrown the whole like just the whole movement I, right. I feel like it's more of a movement and now i consider myself more of a spiritual person so right. if i'm gonna write those songs i'm gonna write music that talks about my love for god and and things like that but like i said it's gonna come from my perspective so yeah, but my mom has been, like, a big supporter. I've been singing, like I said, since I was a little girl. I've been in, like, competitions and pageants and stuff like that. So, for her, it was just, like, all of that money I spent when you were a little girl finally is going to pay off. You're finally, like, tapping into, you know, your dream. And um, so, when I put my music video out, right, well, right before I put it out, I had a release party. And prior to the release party, I was like, Mom, I want to show you this music video beforehand because <laughs> I don't want to get no phone calls about what the hell is going on right. so I, I screened her <laughs> <laughs> and so she uh, she watched it and when she watched it the first time she was like half asleep which I kind of did on purpose but Smart she was just move. like yeah okay you know she, cause you know there's like this one little scene like literally like two seconds where my ass is out like literally it's like right at the end of the video <laughs> So she's like, okay, you know, it's right at the end of the video. So she's like, oh, okay. But the next day she called and she's like, hey, where are you at? And I was like, I'm at home. She's like, uh, I want to see the video again. I'm like, why? She's like, I think I liked it. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so I went and I showed her the video again and, um, she was like, she loved it. And so she came to the release party and um she had a good time and she just said like you know she really likes the video and um do you know she's just really proud of the work that i'm putting in because i i don't know i don't want to consider myself lazy but it's not a lot of things <laughs> no that I'm, that. you know but there's not a lot of things that i'm super passionate about you right. know outside of my son like mm, there's not a lot so when i finally put everything you know all this energy and all this passion into my music she was like okay this is what you're supposed to be doing because i've never seen you work this hard before right. so yeah so she she's definitely been like one of my biggest supporters and um and she's definitely rooting for me and she's like i'm just waiting for my house and my car so you know it's, you know it's coming <laughs> With, with that type of support, without mm -hmm. that, do you think you would have continued? Uh, absolutely not, especially from people like my mom. And, um, you know, I have a few aunts who, you know, raised me in the church. One of my aunts, my Aunt Lisa, she is very influential on me even, like, understanding anything about music. You know, mm -hmm. she's well known here in Sacramento for being, like, you know, just a music guru and... I definitely was taken under her wing. People still call me Little Lisa, you know, right. um, because she, she's been just so, like I said, influential on, like, me knowing notes and knowing how to direct and knowing how to write and arrange and all that good stuff. Like, she's just been that mentor for me. And so to have support from somebody like her, who herself is still in church and still is very active in church, but to say, okay, you're talented, though, like, no, you're not singing what I want you to sing about, but right. you're talented, and I can't deny that. So having those certain people 
who, you know, are already like super musically inclined to have them support me and say, no matter what you're talking about, no matter what the message is, we're going to support you. That definitely, um, helps me, you know, continue to, to go forward because yeah, without those kind of people, it's like, you know, my mom was like, uh, yeah, no, you know, it kind of, it would be a downer. Yeah. I probably would still do it, you right. know, but, um, for me, it's confirmation. It's more of a confirmation thing. Like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Because people who probably would never listen to this type of music right. are listening to it. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. If no one listened to your music, <laughs> would you still make the music? Absolutely. It's so, it's therapy. Like, this mixtape that I released, um, I was very strategic in the writing, the the putting together of it. Like, from track one to track seven, like, it tells a story. So, um it was therapy for me. Like if I got one play on SoundCloud, like I would be fine with that. That right. one person, I'm sure they're going to connect, you know, in yeah. some way to one of these seven songs. So yeah, I would still do the music for sure. I don't know how passionate I would be <laughs> because you know, you do it, you do it to get not, not the recognition, but you do it so that people are, you know, um, receptive of it and that right. they can relate to it in some kind of way. So, um, I don't know, it probably would be challenging to continue to go if, if no one was feeling it, but I think I still would, just because of the ther therapeutic feeling that it's been giving me. Yeah, it's been, it's been such an outlet, like, such an outlet. Are you yeah. the only child? No, I have a big sister. Big sister. Yeah, so one big sister. What does sister. that look like? Did she teach you all the ropes growing up? And... She, I always say that my sister has been one of those people who has taught by doing mm. she's never been she lectures me here and there I'm, i was gonna say she never has been the type to lecture but she has she's lectured me for for sure but um most of my greatest lessons that i've learned from my sister have been through watching her mm. um because we're eight years apart so oh, she's wow. experienced yeah. a lot right. you know before me she's gone through a lot of stuff so um yeah, she, she's definitely taught me a lot of, like, do's and don'ts. Right. <laughs> she's been, like, the guinea pig, like, for my mom and stuff, certain things. But, um, but yeah, she's, she's, she's a great big sister. Like, she's definitely also been very influential in, um, in my music and, and how I react and how I am with, like, other females and stuff like that. And, you know, being a friend to other females and stuff like that. So, yeah. She's she she's she's good. She's good people. <laughs> you would hope, right? Yeah. So friends, do you have them? There's a myth that you, you know. can't have. Oh no, not you! No, you don't. You can't have them. You can have acquaintances. Oh, that word. <laughs> Come on. What what happened to? BFFs. You know, you know, um, it, it is a thing. It can be a thing. I, I feel like those terms are definitely used loosely, though. Mm. I think that, um, you know, as humans that we at some point have a boundary. Um, and it's just ha it just so happens that with family, you kind of like ignore those boundary lines gotcha. because it's like, I don't know why, but we say like, oh, you're fa it's your family. You can't not whatever but you really could if you really wanted to and there are plenty of people who do they're like fuck family you know right. so so you can do that but i don't know why like we just are so loyal to our family and we'll let our families pretty much walk all over us and uh you know friends were like f that you know right. instantly like nah i'm done with it but for me you know 
I, I like to consider myself to have a lot of acquaintances. I have a close group of friends, a mm-hmm. uh, close group of people who, who definitely support me and my music um, because they enjoy it, not because we're friends. And uh, and that and I think for me that definitely um, makes it genuine too because it's like you really like my like I have friends who like know my songs like they mm. sing my songs on a the regular they're like snapping to my songs like really like just enjoying my music you know outside of like me singing because I'm not always on Snapchat so sometimes I don't see it you know but I hear about it like I hear about it so it's like that's that's you know. I guess that constitutes as like more of a friend than an acquaintance, you know, when people genuinely rock with you because they like, just really like your music and not, I don't know. I don't know. I, I have friends, I have friends and they're probably going to be pissed off when they see oh, this. Yeah, That's what we're here for. <laughs> but I have like, um, uh, my cousin, um, Bree, shout out to Bree. She, we're really like extremely close to the point where people think that we're sisters and they think that my sister is our cousin. Wow. So we're really close. Um, and so for me, it's like, I'd rather, I'd rather kick it with my family. You know, I'd rather right. be around people who are either like legit blood, like Brie or who are, um, like friends of the family, you know, because yeah. those type of people, they're, they're going to be very hesitant to, to fuck you over because they, they know the family. They're like, okay, the family might come after me <laughs> if I mess her over. So I try to keep a really close, close circle. Like, um, so I, I have, I have, I have some friends. I have, you know, I have a best friend. I don't really consider, I consider him more than a best friend, but. And you said him. Yes. So it's a guy. male and female friends Ab- could happen. No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely Break not. Break it down for the streets. So, okay. And I definitely don't want to go too much into, like, sexuality and stuff like that because that's, like, political, I feel like. And so I hate, I don't want to put my foot in my mouth and upset any <laughs> group of people. But this guy in particular is um, gay. So that makes it easier. Be- had he not been gay, we probably could not be as close as we are because he, I'm a try. He's cute. What do you mean? <laughs> He's cute. <laughs> it's not going to work. We would never be able to focus on being friends. I would not be able to genuinely listen to like his sex capades or whatever. And I'm sure he wouldn't be able to like listen to mine if we, you know, if he was straight because he, we'd be jealous, you know what I'm saying? Like but that's big bro. Yeah. Why, you, why, why yeah. would you throw the and, bro title? Mm, it's not this. Well, I don't have any brothers, so I don't know how to treat a brother. I don't know well, what that. I I don't honestly know what what it means to be a little sister to a male. So for me, if I feel like maybe if I wasn't attracted to the guy, then maybe you know. But I feel like over time. If that ends up happening like mm. you always hear that story where like in these romantic comedies or whatever like this nerdy guy or whatever he's always around he's always at the coffee shop or whatever the case is and then over time she like falls in love with him because he's so sweet and then he goes and gets a makeover and now he's like this perfect <laughs> guy. like it happens all the time and i feel like in some ways that is reality because we're humans you know and i just feel like 
maybe if I'm not physically attracted to that person, if, if I'm calling them my best friend or whatever, we're spending obviously time together where I've gotten to know this person's personality. And sometimes the looks you get used to them or the looks just don't matter. The personality's there and like five years later, 10 years later, you guys are in love with each other, but you guys are, you don't want to cross this line. So she goes and marries some fuck boy and he goes and marries some <laughs> weird, weird, crazy woman. And then, you know, they, they could have been. So right. I just feel like me personally, I don't have any male friends. I do mm. not like none at all. If I do, um, they're probably like really not cute to me. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> so, as, you, as you look for a man, looks do matter? Um, I know. The people need to know. Looks don't matter. I always tell people, like, I go off of vibes. Um, so it's like, it's it's more of a vibe thing. Because you, you meet people in different ways. You know, like, let's say I'm sitting at the bar and it's like, you know, quiet well the, the bar shouldn't be quiet but like you know you know you go like happy hour or something like that and it's right. like a setting where you can kind of like talk or whatever and you're sitting there and you're talking to this person and maybe he's not like your first pick like he's not the first thing that i would look at but we're having such a good conversation that it's like oh okay well i could probably hang out with you again so right. i don't want to come i'm not shallow i've dated like Big guys, I've dated skinny guys, I've dated white guys, I've dated black guys, I've dated uh, all types of guys. So. I'm kill you in the comments. I know. You're the second, you're the second lady to have been with a white guy. Yeah. Is that, do you get looks differently because a black guy could be with any, and it doesn't. Really yeah, matter. and it doesn't matter. So um, did you feel like a, oh, we know we can't go to the KFC beat? <laughs> Around the corner. <laughs> what is that like? Um, you know, the first white guy that I dated was in San Francisco, um, mm. where it seemed like it wasn't as bad. So I don't remember getting looks at him. We never were in an area where it was a lot of black people either. So we hung out. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, you know, that there was that portion of it. But um, we, we just dated. We weren't like in an official relationship. So I don't I don't think I've had to experience that 100 percent like um, bigotry or like mm. prejudice because I haven't been in a like fully committed relationship with a white guy. I'd like. Why guys, if we're out there, come talk to me. <laughs> Let's figure this out together. But, right. but yeah, I've never, I've just like went out on a few dates here and there. Um, and so I dated a guy here in Sacramento who, um, we would, we would always end up like, I'm think I'm now reflecting on like every time we would hang out, it would be like at the drive-in or like we would go like out to eat or like late or like mm. you know or we would hate like Netflix and chill. So I don't think I've ever had to like experience like being in the public eye right. in an interracial like type of relationship. So I don't I don't know what happens. I've I've told guys I've told black guys like yeah I've dated a white guy before and they're like why or whatever <laughs> what, what was that about you know but yeah. then when i tell black girls they're like oh how was it they're so interested like how was it is he is he this is he that so um so you know you it's 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 very interesting to get such an a different um reaction from black right. women versus black men about 
you know, a black woman dating a white man. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know how, how people feel. I actually have a friend who, um, is married to a white guy. Um, and I've never heard her talk about any prejudices either, mm. like, or anything that she's experienced outside of like his family. You know what I'm saying? Like, but just being out in public, no one's ever been like, why are you guys together or anything? Like, I'm, it's probably happened or people probably whispered about them, I'm sure. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's always been like within, like within the families that I've heard where people have to deal with those kind of like comments and looks and stuff like that, which is, which is interesting, but. Would you be willing to go through that? Um. Like, how was your family? You know, you show up with friends. Yeah. I don't know. We definitely have interracial um, couples in my family, mm-hmm. so I don't think that it would be that bad. I think people would probably be looking more at Lexi, like, uh, what are you doing with the white guy? Right. <laughs> but not necessarily like, oh, he's white, why is he here? We have, we definitely have um, biracial children in our family and interracial couples in our family, so that part itself probably wouldn't be an issue, but like I said, just... Just because of how I am, right. I don't. I don't even think that I could like fully be in a relationship with the white guy. I feel like I'm a little too soulful. There might be some white guys who soulful? like that. Like, I was gonna say woke, but everyone says they're woke That's and they're not word. really woke though. They're what still snoozing. So I think for me, when I when I use that term, I think that it means that I've 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 opened my eyes to how society really views black people right. and and the um and the way that you know the way that we're handled, the way that we're cared for, the way that we're catered to. Is definitely different in so many ways, you know. And I, again, I don't want to get all political and all this and that, but it is it is very prevalent, you know, especially with Agent Orange running things right now. Right. So you know, Agent Orange, yeah, yeah. Y'all presidents, y'all presidents. I call him Agent Orange. Gotcha. And this is, yeah, so. will be in front of this. It has zero to do with any <laughs> But, um, yeah, I think that being woke is really just about like, just really understanding. Cause I feel like white people can be woke too. I think it's really just about understanding what this country is doing, not just with black people, but with minorities and how we're really treated. Like there's a system to racism. There's a system to prejudices. It's not just, Oh, you know, you stop a black guy on the street or, you know, just, just the fact that black men are being shot, you know, and black women are being shot, you know, at the hands of police officers It's deeper than that. It's a system. It's about the way that our police officers are trained. It's the, it's about the, our administration and how they, um, word and design these laws to basically keep us suppressed, you know? So, so I think that me being very understanding of that is would make it very hard for me to date someone who who wasn't understanding of that. Even if he was mm. black, I think you know it's it's hard to to be so open minded and to and to open to be so woke right. and not and and date someone who doesn't understand the system. You know because with the fact that I do understand the system, I'm going to do things differently. I'm going to raise my child differently. I'm not going to eat 
certain things. You know, I'm right. not going to go certain places. I'm not going to spend my black dollars certain places because I know what the system is designed to do with that stuff. So, um, so yeah, I think um, that that would be the only challenge for me is dating somebody who doesn't have an understanding of what's really going on in this world, who's like oblivious to it or what they like to call white privilege. Like, mm. you know, it does exist. So I think that that in itself would make it very hard for me to, to date someone outside of my race, like fully commit. I could probably hang out with them a few times, go get a drink or out to eat or whatever, catch a movie. But, um, yeah. But outside of that, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You never know. Never know. Never know. Like I said, white people can be woke too. So he might be out there like loving on black sisters and just waiting for me. So, you know. (laughs) Yeah, so it could happen. You know, I'm definitely not, um, definitely not prejudiced or I don't discriminate and I will every not I want to say everybody deserves a chance because everybody doesn't mm-hmm. but if they're all the other things on the checklist are there the fact that he's white or Hispanic or Hindu or whatever will not matter to me so yeah and you said you have kids I have one kid. oh one one son one son uh-huh so with all being said mm-hmm. what is that like <laughs> How old is he? He's three. Three. Yeah. Oh, so you're new to the game. Yeah, you know, I'm still a rookie out here. So what what is that like <laughs> in 2018, raising kids? Ooh. The rap scene is like this. The streets are like yeah. this. Schools are like that. Yeah, it's 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 a challenge. Um, parenthood, motherhood in itself, like me and Zechariah, we're we're good. I'm I'm enjoying motherhood. 100%. Um, but I definitely do get nervous for when he does get older, when it's time for him to go to school. When, uh, well, he goes to Head Start, so he's he's already kind of experiencing right. like the school setting. But moving forward, elementary school, junior high, high and all, those, all the stuff that's going on in our world right now definitely makes me nervous. Um, but I think that... Um, I think that I'm raising him to have a good head on his shoulders, to to know what's going on, to always pay attention to his surroundings, to always, you know, um, just like I said, just understand what's going on around you, not just like your like the physical, but just being woke, you know, yeah. and and really knowing. And and he's always reading, he's always he like he's starting to write, you know, um, so he's always singing. So I'm trying to tap into the music thing with him too. Yeah, get him yeah so um, so I'm, I just want to make sure that he is he stays busy. I don't ever want him to be like, you know, just not just not tapping into any type of talent you know even if it's even if he's like a beast at video games or whatever and he's gonna end up designing them like one day like okay let's let's tap into it you know but i just want him to stay busy i always want him to to um you know stay creative and stay you know just just stay busy honestly and so parenthood has been it's been fun for me uh it's been a challenge being a single parent um but you know, his father is active in his life. So that takes a lot of like pressure off of me as well because he still ha- gets that male perspective of things right. and he still gets to spend that time with his father to learn about being a man because I can't teach him that stuff. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. I mean, like I said, it's nerve wracking when you turn on the TV and you see what's going on in the world. Right. But like in the house, he, it's cool. I, I'm enjoying it. I'm really, really enjoying being a mom. And it also influences my music, you know, um, because I get to, um, 
I get to like write about my experience as a mom. I get right. to like write songs for him, which always adds like this, you know, heart value to your music because people are like, oh, she's talking about her son. Like Janae um, Aiko, she has a song with her daughter. And I think it's just like the sweetest thing in the world. And it right. just like, it allows you to see a different side of her, you know? And so, um, so that's good. And like I said, he likes music too. So sometimes, like my son is very, I don't want to talk about him too much because kids, people always talk about their kids. Right. So I don't want to do that too much. But my son is very, very talented already at three. Like I can see that he's definitely going to be like some type of musically um, involved. And so sometimes um, we'll be sitting around and like he'll start humming some like weird tune that like came out of his head or whatever. And I'm not going to lie, I'll steal it. Like, make something <laughs> like, okay, I'm going to figure out how I can make this more adult or whatever. Or right. um, I have this one song um, that he like, he, he definitely like heavily influenced like the the flow of it, the melody of the song definitely came from him. And um, so, yeah, so he helps a lot too. <laughs> Yeah, and his father also is a singer too. So it's kind of like he he has it honest. Yeah, he's if if he doesn't do it, we're gonna be like, what the hell happened? Because right. <laughs> he's, he he gets it from both sides. So, so With, yeah. um, looking at where you were, so he's three. Let's just say four years ago, without giving you age, mm. we go four. <laughs> we go four years ago where you were mentally to where you are now. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the biggest change in your life? Um, I definitely have just matured a lot. Um, I feel like I have become more understanding, um, of other people and their, um, their feelings. Right. I don't want to say I was like a bitch or anything, but I feel like, you know, having him has definitely softened me up. Mm -hmm. And like I said, just allowed me to take responsibility for some of my actions. I said some. Some. <laughs> so, and also just to uh, further further want to listen to what other people have to say. Like, I took speech and debate in high school and stuff, so I always have had that, like, structure of how to, like, properly argue. Right. Um, but, you know, when you're young and dumb, like, you're not... I don't care about that. Like, this is not speech and debate, so I'm not listening to you right now. <laughs> so I think that... Um, and having him that I've learned to just be more compassionate for other people and just really want to take the time and listen to them because I would hate for him to get talked over, you know, when he's having a conversation with somebody. So I try to like put myself in the position as if like, what if someone was treating your son like this, you right. know? And so, um, and so I've had a lot of practice with his father on how to like, just be quiet and listen. <laughs> Is that a harsh thing to do? <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Because I'm very um, strong, opinionated, and I definitely want to get my point across. Like, I'm right. de I definitely am one of those people. Like, people always say, like, if music doesn't work for you, be a lawyer. Because, like, I'm just like, no, I got facts. I got receipts. <laughs> so you're going to listen to what I have to say. Even if I'm wrong, I don't give a damn. Listen to what I have to say. And that probably comes from doing speech and debate when I was in high school. Like, I was in competitions and stuff. So okay. I, I I definitely have mastered the art of arguing. Like, I feel like I, I got it down pat. <laughs> so, yeah. So, men, look out for her. It's definitely... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, like my grandpa always says, the woman's always right, even when she's wrong. Is so, that really true, though? If you are one of those type of men, then you will love me forever because we'll be good. There won't be no issues. As long as you're always right. I'm always right. Of course I'm always right. Fellas, take notes. <laughs> <laughs> Speech and debate. <laughs> yes, only. I'm a professional arguer, okay? So... You needed to know. <laughs> so, with all being said, uh -huh. almost at that time, okay. How would you want people to perceive? It? It's okay. No, I, I have two more questions. Okay. <laughs> so, the way you live on social media is that the same way you live outside? Absolutely. How important is that though in this day and age? It's uh, it's because I mean, you fake it because you're an artist and just be like, hey. I'm kind of doing better on yeah. here. I mean, is there a line you got to draw or do you have to be real? I think you, I, I definitely think there's a line that fake it till you make it saying definitely does have to come into play. Like, you cannot be like, I'm on E today, y'all. Like, you know, you can't be that real about yeah. it. Like, you're on E, so how are you putting out music or how are you taking care of your child? You know what I'm saying? So right. you definitely have to be, like, strategic and careful with, being real you know sometimes being real can go very wrong but for me um you know i try to handle my business so i probably won't be on e you know what i'm saying right. so it's like for me it's more about making sure that my instagram or whatever i'm putting on instagram is really me you know what i'm saying because people are gonna judge you no matter what like right. i could i could go and buy you know, a stack of fake dollar bills or whatever and be on Snapchat or whatever and somebody's going to end up zooming in like, bitch, that's fake. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it doesn't matter how you, you know, how you perceive yourself. It's about making sure that however you perceive yourself, that you're very strategic and you make sure that you're doing it correctly, you know? So I try to, I try, my music itself is already super real and super raunchy. People call it raw and I like to call it raw music. So, you know, I, I try to make sure that in my every everyday life that that's the same way that I'm living you know what I talk about and and um you know I, I talk to different people all the time and I um they're always just like you know they're telling me like you know you're real like everything about you how you how you move like even my music video is like that's me you know what I'm right. saying like Every scene, every outfit, like, I would probably wear that. Not probably out, but I would wear it, you know, because what if it was, like, a bedroom scene? So I'd I would wear that in the bedroom, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. the, everything that I've done so far, especially um, when it comes to my music, has been very real. Um, there's no sugarcoating of anything for me. Um, I can't even think of an instance where I would need to, like, fake it as far as that like maybe when i go to the club or something like i'll right. get a booth or whatever and it'll look like yeah she's popping bottles but probably like three or four of us pitched in on the <laughs> on the booth it wasn't just all me you know what i'm saying right. that kind of stuff but um but yeah I, I try my best to be as real and raw as possible because my music is such a reflection of me that i can't be out here talking about shooting niggas up and throwing dollars all over the club like i don't have that so right. i can't talk about that you know what i'm saying like right. i could talk about heartbreak i could talk about 
you know, being a BBW and don't sleep on us just because we thick don't mean we can't do what skinny girls can do. I could talk about that. You know what I'm saying? If you don't know what a BBW is, please let me know. I like to call it a big, beautiful woman. Mm. Um, I've heard uh Bold and beautiful, I've heard. It basically means a uh, fat girl, okay? <laughs> it's, it's just like a cute way of talking about fat girls. And I don't, I mean, people are going to call you fat or whatever. They're going to thick, whatever. They're going to call you whatever it is. So I, you know, I just say BBW because that's like the term now. But basically, it's it's fat girls, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, but don't sleep on us. But don't do not sleep on us because we can do more than skinny girls. I don't want to bash skinny girls because I got some skinny friends. Y'all cute or whatever, but you know we 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 out here. We out here. So part two interview. <laughs> we're gonna figure out exactly what goes on. Bedroom scene. <laughs> and all, and so, but, uh, so before we close, the last mm-hmm. question I have. Looking back 10 years ago, Ooh, okay. what is something you wish you would have knew then that you know now? Um, I was going to say something funny, but I'm probably not going to say that. <laughs> Your interview, I, was, I just put it up on the phone. Use condoms. Oh, <laughs> you have to say that? Yeah, use condoms. I'm telling you, it is very, very, very like having children is it's a blessing to have a kid. And I almost died having my son, so he's definitely a blessing. And even me being here is such a testimony to tell. But, um, you know, you're never really ready. You know, either you're financially ready, but you're not mentally ready, or you think you're mentally ready and you're not financially ready. Or you think you're all those things, and then the kid gets here and you're fucking pulling your hair out. Like, what is going on? (laughs) So that's definitely, like, one of the main things. But I think um, one thing that I wish that I would have known 10 years ago, I was still in high school 10 years ago, but I think for me um, it would be, like, to, to learn how to believe in myself and to have the confidence that I have now. Because I probably, I feel like I probably would be further along in like my career if I would have really tapped into my talent then. Right. But you know, now I have a lot more content. I have a lot of more stuff to talk about. So I don't regret not, you know, I, I, I love that I didn't know because I was able to experience so many things. You know, I went to college, I moved away from home and, you know, I got to experience a lot of stuff. So had I been so focused on my music at that time, I probably wouldn't have wanted to do all those other things. Right. But if I had to look back 10 years ago, I think learning how to have more confidence in myself would definitely be um, something that I would have liked to tap into. Gotcha. Yeah, for sure. Man, well, we for sure have to have a part two again. Yeah. For the <laughs> There's no condom thing. <laughs> but uh, any social media where they can find you, yeah. content you want to shout out again? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Drea with three A's, triple A, so D R I A A A underscore baby. Um, and you can also find me on SoundCloud, same D R I A A A underscore baby. Um, or you could just type in the mixtape Don't Sleep On Me Volume 1 that on um, SoundCloud as well. And I just released my first music video, it's on YouTube right now. You can also look me up under Drea Baby. 
um, for that. Or you could just type in I Want You by Drea. That's the name of the song. And yeah, just stay tuned. I have so much more coming. Like, literally, this is just the beginning for me. I've, like, been working on a lot of stuff. I've been, um, like, working with a lot of different people. Like, you know, hush, hush. Like, I'm very, trying to be very strategic. Like, don't, don't sleep on me. Because I do have a lot of stuff that I'm sitting on right now. I have to be very strategic with it. Because music goes so fast. You know what I'm saying? I don't want right. to ever overload people with stuff. So, don't sleep on me. Just wait on it. I'm coming with more stuff. Okay. Yeah. Well, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, again... She is single, fellas. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Very single. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, WM4T.TV. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was so much fun. Yeah, I'm still Lost of life, sometimes I be fearing it. Lost of life, sometimes I be fearing it. I be fearing it. Yeah. And no, I'm not feeling it. Gotta get it. Better get with it. If you ain't with it, man, you better get with it. Turkey, chicken, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, eat good, that's a good living. Yeah, eat good, that's a good living. Eating good, man, that's the way I'm living. You know, I gotta, uh, I gotta thank God because He gave it to me all. Amen. Thank the Lord. J. Joe. <laughs> so we giving them reality, man. I mean, that's the only way we know how to do it. Choice tape.